Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message. When we think about uh, experience, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is that when you apply for a job, right, that's one of the the first things on the application. They want to know your experience. They want to know what you've learned, what kind of skills you've acquired, what training do you have uh, that would benefit them if they hire you? And that's the way it works in, in the spirit as well. When we go through life and we have experiences, uh, it's, it's not about us that God's using it uh, for us to give uh, to somebody else. Uh, as I grow older, one of the things that I, I told Chastity that is I want more experiences with you. Gifts are cool. Gifts are fine. I want to be appreciated, but I really want those experiences. I want to go somewhere with you. I want to see something. I want to do something with you because that, that's going to last. Uh, clothes, I may <laughs> outgrow hours, you know. <laughs> they, things wear out. But those experiences are always going to be there, and we can always look back. I remember one of the experiences we had recently uh, was um, we went and had archery lessons. Uh, it was exciting because I, I felt like cabinets from – uh, the Hunger Games, I was ready. <laughs> but the thing that was stood out for me about it was that it started from a conversation. We was just on our couches, uh, and I said, you know, I really want to do this. I did something I never did before. And she said, well, okay, me too. I wouldn't mind trying it. Okay. So we found a place, booked the time, and had archery lessons. So that was something that, that really stuck with me because it just started on a conversation. We didn't sit on it like we normally do, but we just acted upon it. Uh, and, and we did it. I want to read this uh, into your hearing. It says, God takes all of your life experiences, whether positive or painful, intentional or accidental, caused by you or by someone else to shape you for his unique calling in your life. Isn't that powerful? It goes in line with Romans 8 and 28. Right? And it says, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. Right? So it, it works uh, good in for, you, for those that, that love God. Right? That's the key. We got uh, to love God and continue to pursue uh, and chase after him. I, uh, in my research, I found a, a couple of quotes that, I wanna, uh, that stood out that I want to mention. Uh, it says, experience is a hard teacher because she gives the test first and the lesson afterwards by Vernon Law, right? And this stood out to me because as a teacher, we spend the entire year preparing kids for one test. And think about it as an adult, how many tests that we have. And that's the issue. We, we take the test, but there is no lesson taught, right? No one, typically most of us, no one teaches us uh, how to work with our finances. Nobody teaches us who to date what to look for in a husband, what to look for in a wife. These lessons and, and experiences we have that we don't talk, we were just dropped in, we were just given this, this test, uh, and we have to kind of figure out our way out with this. The next one I, I wanted to share was, it says, God can take the mess in your life and create a message in your life. He can take the test in your life and create a testimony out of it. He can take a crisis and show Christ through it. God doesn't waste any experience you have, right? So that was powerful to me because when we have experiences, typically we think, well, it could be good, it could be bad. 
uh, it could be okay. But a, a godly experience is one that he intervenes in, one that he uh, uh, uses in our lives. It says that he doesn't waste any opportunity. So any opportunity that he can impart something in us or he can show something about us or uh, there's an opportunity for uh, us to to learn and to, and to bless uh, someone else, uh, he'll, he'll use that, right? Uh, there were people in the Bible that had experiences, right? Moses comes to mind. He had a, uh, a wilderness experience when he was out in the desert and he, and the burning, God spoke through him, to him through the burning uh, bush and he changed his direction because he was basically in hiding. Uh, but when uh, God spoke, he changed his direction uh, and God used him uh, to free a people. And, and the same is, is for us today because God can use your wilderness experiences to free others. Other people uh, can be free uh, based upon your testimony, based upon what you share with them, right? The three Hebrew boys, uh, they had a, a fiery, furnace, fiery furnace experience, right? From that experience, God showed up, uh, showed that, they, that, that what they believed was true, that God was true, uh, and that the other people there uh, got to see that experience as well. For it wasn't just for them, but it was for the king and everybody else that was there that that uh, saw that experience, right? Um, the the Pharisee Saul, right? He had an, uh, a Damascus Road ex experience where uh, the Lord shined upon him, and he went blind for three days. I think, if I remember correctly, where. Um, he had to change his whole philosophy. He went from uh, killing Christians uh, to being one, to being one of the most influential uh, uh, Christians in the Bible. So uh, the experiences that we have, they're sometimes, like I said, they, we can, they can be turned as thought of as negative, but God can use those uh, experiences uh, in our lives um, mightily. Right? I also like what, what Job said. In uh, 42 and 5, and we know the story of Job. This is the last uh, chapter of Job when he says this. He says, I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. So through all that, all the things that happened uh, to Job, and he, and he took that for him to realize, okay, now I've had that, that experience, right? There's, there's nothing that no one can tell you. Once you have that experience, you know God, right? Once you need uh, a provider and he shows up, that experience, you know God as a provider in your life. And there's nothing that nobody can tell you. Once you need a healing and God shows up and heals your body, you know that he's a healer. There's nothing that nobody uh, can tell you differently. When you're bound up and you need deliverance and God shows up steps in and delivers you and changes you, there's nothing that nobody can tell you different because of that experience that you've had. There's, there's nothing that we've, we've heard apostles say it, uh, many times that a, a man with a, an experience is, is not at the mercy of a man with an argument, right? So there, there's nothing that someone can tell you once you experience something. So that solidifies you in, in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit, and that, that shows that God uses that because there's, there's no doubt then. There's no wonder uh, once you experience that the faith is, is real, but once you experience, oh, my goodness, your faith is kicked up to another level. And, and I, talk, I mentioned this earlier when I had shingles. It, 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 that was the worst pain that, any, that you could imagine. All I did was just lay there 
and hurt. And I can remember just just thinking about that, like what is going to happen to me? But if if anything happens, well, Lord, I'll be with you. But when I experienced that, and I remember it 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 hit fast and it left fast. Even the doctors were wondering. The doctors were saying, "Is this really what you had?" Because most people are out with this, uh, you know, for weeks sometimes. But I think I it I suffered the effects maybe two days. So I know that God is a healer because I told them, I said, God, yes. So that there's there's nothing that that someone can tell me that that He's not because of that experience. There's other uh, experiences throughout the the Word of God that the the Bible that I've I've noticed and God spoke with me um, and it seems like it was maybe pertaining to that particular person. But the, the way he, he showed me was um, throughout my life and then throughout some of the other people's lives as well um, that I want to talk about. The first one uh, is in 1 Samuel 16 and 8. I call this a before you go experience, right? Before you go experience, right? And so in Samuel talk about David a little bit. Uh, when we hear David, most of the time uh, when we hear David, we think about the warrior uh, David, right? We uh, think about the king David, right? But there are some things that happened uh, to David uh, before he came king uh, that I want to talk about. Just to kind of uh, give you the, the backdrop to this, um, Saul is, is still uh, king at the time. And God's hand has uh, lifted off of him, and God sends the, the prophet Samuel uh, to find a, another uh, king. And he goes to Bethlehem to find a man named Jesse, who is David's uh, father. And he, he goes to Jesse's house, and, and they're, they put together uh, uh, a sacrifice. They're having this, this feast, and uh, he's supposed to, to find the, the king. And God is going to show him which one he is. And, and Jesse's bringing uh, all his boys up here at verse 8. I want to read it in your hearing. It says, so Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse, thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all of the young men, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest and there is, uh, and there he is keeping the sheep. So at this time, David was out in the, uh, the pasture uh, keeping sheep. And it says, and Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him. And this uh, is the one. Right. So he's bringing out all uh, his kids. And the first thing that stands out to me is that he's coming uh, to anoint king. It would seem like he would have all his sons, all the neighbors, cousins, whoever, all the little boys that I could find. I would have been trying to bring them over because this is. The, this is the king. So it seems as though he's very nonchalant or if he's if he if he doesn't know. And that there, there's a king that's in the house. So what I want to say this morning is that 
Don't let the king of kings be in the house and you miss it. Don't, don't let the, the, the Lord of lords come in, start healing, passing out blessings, and you miss it. Just like Sister Michelle was talking about this morning, because we're not connected. We have to have a daily connection, whether it's, it's five minutes. I've started, this is what I've started doing. This is blessing me. Because I, I was the same way with kids, with teaching, it's busy, you're busy all the time. I said, Lord, I'm going to get up extra early in the morning, every morning, and pray. I don't care if it's, it's five minutes. I'm going to take five minutes every morning, go downstairs and pray. And it is a, a blessing. You do not realize how much that has blessed my life throughout the day. Just doing that. Just, just, just the small things that, that, that needs to, to, with God, right? The woman said that if she could touch the hem of her garden, of, of his garden, right? All you need is the, the faith the size of a mustard seed. All you need is a little bit, saints. It's not a lot sometimes because he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So if you're diligent, it doesn't matter the amount. As long as you're diligent, he is, he is faithful to, to reward you of that. When God began to uh, open this up for me, it's kind of funny because he, he showed me my life uh, in this. And as the word says that David was, he, he was the youngest of, of eight. He was the youngest of eight. My story is that I'm the youngest of seven. I'm the youngest of seven. And growing up, uh, there was as a 15-year gap between me and, and my sister. I'm gonna take my time on this because I gotta, I gotta destroy some rumors, some misconceptions in this. Because people tend to think everywhere I, I, I go, when they find out that I'm the youngest, they tend to think, oh, well, you're spoiled. No, 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 no. No, that's not my testimony. <laughs> my parents, because I came along so so late. A lot of the distant relatives and cousins didn't even know who I was. So when I would go to family reunions, they would introduce me as, that's the baby. That's what they would say. Like, they wouldn't even tell them my name. They would just say, oh, that's the baby. And I didn't like it. But this was during a time where you couldn't talk back to your parents, right? Whatever they call you, that's just what you were, you know? So <laughs> I had to run with it. I, as I got older, I even would sign my car as the baby boy when I would send them home. So I just went ahead and, 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 uh, and accepted it, right? My sister, who is 15 years older than me, I mean, has anybody ever got a spanking from their sister? I mean, okay, okay, so I'm not by myself. Okay, okay, so I'm not by myself then. And my mama used to co-sign that foolishness, right? <laughs> she would say, if we're not here, she's the mama. And I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. My brother, my oldest brother, is 25 years older than me, 25. He got married the month after I was born. So everybody in the family, I can keep up with their, how long they've been married because of how old I am. So they, they've been together now 42 years, so they still, they still rolling strong. And I, I brought him up because he, he didn't throw me in a pit like Joseph's brothers did, but he ratted me out one time when I, I broke a rule. And you know what the rule is. I got a little older, I was by myself. And you know the rule is, don't have nobody in my house when I ain't home. Y'all know the rule. Y'all know it. And my brother just lived five minutes away. And he popped up when I was trying to sneak one of my buddies in to play Nintendo. And so I'm thinking, he didn't say anything at first. I'm thinking, all right, this is my brother from the same mother. It's not a different mother. He going to look out for me. He told my mama, and it was not a good day for me. 
it was not a good day for me. But as, as I read the story, I think back to those times, even as you read on, you'll see that when, when David took the food uh, to, the, to the battlefield and his brother said, why are you here? Why don't you go back and tend to those few sheep? In other words, go on back to the, the pastor, to the pasture, little boy. They don't take those, not a lot of sheep. You got a few, right? So when I read that, I, I think about that. And I, I brought all that up because from my experiences, I understand and I know how, how it feels to be looked over. I know how it feels to kind of be an afterthought. I know how it feels to kind of be for, forgotten. And so it could be somebody in here now that feels like God has forgotten them and left them in the pasture. And you're waiting on God to move you from your pasture to your promise. But I want to tell you that the pasture is not a bad place. Because the pasture is where he prepares you. Because you've gone to somewhere. Because look what happened. In the pasture was uh, where David wrote songs and worshiped the Lord and, and, and drew closer to him. Right. It was in the pasture where his strength and his faith grew when he fought that lion and that bear. It was in the pasture when he got his anointing. So in the, the pasture is, is a good place. The pasture is, 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 is where he prepares you uh, to move into that. And then watch this. He anointed him king. And then made him go and serve one. So he didn't get the, the, the throne. He didn't get the extra wives. So God put him in a place where he can serve. It, it looks like an internship. Like he, like he gave him an a internship first. Before you get the job, you're you going to get some, some training. And as I look, he, he, had to, he had to kind of look at that, like that. Because if he's right, he was his armor bearer. If you remember, he, he played uh, his, his harp, so the, the tormenting spirits would, would uh, leave Saul. So he, he worked close with him. He had to learn. And as I look through the scriptures, I wonder one of the things, I wonder if, if he learned how to repent. Because when you look at it, Saul never repented. He always had excuses. He always had reasons why he did something. But David was quick. He was like, I know what happened to that brother. Lord, forgive me. Created me a clean heart. Renew my spirit. So he, he, he I, I believe, this is, I didn't find a word on, so I believe he might have learned uh, how to learn how to repent with that. So I had to wonder, in, in, your, in our lives, does God put the managers that get on our nerves to show us what not to do when he promotes us? I had to wonder that. Now, I'll tell you why, because I was in a situation where the, ma the worst manager I ever had Said she was a child of God. Yes, Lord. And it used to burn. I, it used to burn me. I was like, come on, Lord. I used to fuss and complain and complain and fuss. And God says, wait a minute. You need to go back and read David. Because his manager tried to kill him. So you need to go in with a servant's heart. Because what you're doing, your work is unto me anyway. I'll take care of her. And as soon as I got my heart right. With him, he opened up and was able to release me uh, into what I feel is what I was called to do anyway, was yeah. to work in education. So a lot of times, that's what God does. That he prepares us for where we're going at. He gives us that pasture experience to where we might think that, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready, God, I'm ready to move out on this. But he's trying to, to, to keep us and show us some things and, and mature us up and, and do those things in us so that when we get the position, he stayed. Because Saul killed himself, but David died out. A before-you-go experience. Before you go, praise God. Thank you, Lord. 
The next one uh, is, is found uh, in Genesis 32, Genesis 32 and 24. We, we know this story. We know uh, it's, it's about Jacob when he, when he wrestled with the angel. Um, and he said, I'm not going to let you go uh, until you bless me. All right. And he hit his, his, hit his hip, causing him to walk uh, in a, with a limp. So I call this one a broken but better experience. A broken but better experience. It's not necessarily that, that God causes the, the brokenness in our lives, uh, but he does use that um, uh, to show us things. Has anybody ever lost a, a, a job or maybe business uh, business went down or maybe a relationship or something like that? And But in that, that brokenness that, that we experienced, uh, God has used us and made it for the better. The reason why I, I say better, uh, when you look at the word, Jacob, he, he had wealth, he had riches, he had land, but when he uh, wrestled with the angel, he... he um, uh, he ended up making, getting back with with uh, Esau because they were at, at odds. They were fighting. He, so he made up with his brother. Uh, and then his name uh, changed uh, from Jacob to Israel. And then the 12 uh, tribes came about. And so there's been times in my life where I've been in a broken situation, but better. You come out with a, a new attitude, feeling good from your head to your shoes. Right. You come out all <laughs> you come you come out brand new, like your whole outlook on life has changed. You, you, you value your time. You value your, your relationships with your, your family and your whole persona. The whole way you, you of being has changed because of that, that broken uh, but better experience that God has, has, has brought you from. There's so much that, that goes um, with sometimes being broken. Sometimes he has to break things off our life. He has to break. Uh, pride. He has to, to, to break arrogance uh, off our lives, some um, selfishness, stubbornness, all those things that he's got to he's got to break off our, our lives. So sometimes brokenness is part of uh, the experience with God. Sometimes it's, it's even myself included. Sometimes I'm, I'm afraid I want to go through the brokenness. God, just tell me what I need and I'll fix it. But but sometimes that that, that brokenness. <laughs> That brokenness is, is, is what you need because that experience stays with you. That experience, if you try to fix it on your own, you might step back into what you were doing. But once you're broken from it, it's broken off of your life and then it's done. There's no going, going back to it. A broken but better experience. Broken but better. So some of these are just things that I, I've seen in my life and seen in, in uh, other uh, people's lives and just God just illuminated it for me and showed me how uh, we go through some of these same things as David and 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 Saul. I mean David and and uh, Jacob did. It's it's not it's not just things that the word is not just something that happened uh, years ago. Uh, it's something that that still that's, that's life that's breathing that we still use and 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 move in uh, today. The last one. Um, is over in John 20, uh, 19. We, we know this one as well. This is a, a, a familiar uh, scripture. This is the one that, where Jesus is uh, resurrected. 
right? He's resurrected and he shows himself to uh, the disciples, right? And he says, uh, touch me, handle me, see that I'm real. And the first time he does this, the Bible says that the disciples stood still. So they didn't take him up on his offer. But Thomas came about and said, okay, not till I feel the, the, the nail scars in his hand. Right? So he shows up again, and he was the only one right, out of disciples that, that, that I found that touched. So I, I call this one a, a by yourself or personal experience. There's some, some things that we don't have to go through that is just for you. It, it wasn't necessarily that it was bad for, for Thomas. But it was just that he, he, that was what he needed to walk in what God had for him. So there are things that we have to face, things that we have to do that, that we have to go through that just for us, that we can move into what God is calling us to do, to us to pick up certain abilities, pick up certain um, uh, learning, certain uh, uh, knowledge of certain things. There are experiences that, that we're going to have to go through. And I, I found this out um, with my, even with my own kids, even with being a, a parent, uh, especially those of you with younger kids, we try so hard to keep our kids from the experiences that we had. And yet we, we should, and, and, and we want to do it because we, we've made those mistakes. We know we have the knowledge, but they, they don't have it. And sometimes it can be frustrating uh, when they don't listen. But I've learned to kind of release my hand and say, okay, this is just going to be a godly experience for them. This is something that they're going to have to go through to get the revelation uh, for themselves. Amen. And, I, and I've, I've been okay with it. At first, I wasn't. I've been okay with it because it's so, it was so much. My, my plan uh, for my kids was just so big and so great. I wanted to make sure they had enough money for the college education and make sure, you know, they were able to have this and able to have that. And, and I had to release myself from that pressure. I, I had to. Because it, it was, I was feeling less of a man because I wasn't making this kind of money and all this was going on. And I said, you know what, God, I'm doing the best I can. I'm imparting the word of God to them at first. They don't have a deficiency in, in that for sure. Uh, and then I'll give them what I can. And then everything else, they would, they would have to pick up on their own. I'm just going to release them and allow uh, God to move in their, in their lives. When, when I started teaching, um, one of the, the things that... Um, used to bother me was seeing kids count on their fingers in math class. Oh, that used to make me so mad. They used to make me so mad. Why are you counting on your fingers in here? And you, oh, that used to make me mad. Until one year I had, a, I had a kid that the concept, I can't remember the exact concept we was doing, but we were dividing. And I was trying to figure out how is he using his fingers to divide? I, said, I, know, I know his stuff wrong. Let me go over here and look. And I walked over, and it was right. I watched him. I even asked him and quizzed him, and he was dividing uh, on his fingers. So you know what I, I tell kids now when I see that? Baby, use your toes if you got to. Yeah. <laughs> I tell them, listen, look, you got to do what you got to do to get to God. You got to do what you got to do because what, what works for you might not work for somebody else. We live in a society now that's so gathered. So many, you got to have so many likes on social media. We got to have this. And so it creates a following. But sometimes for that experience, for God to move in your life, it is for you. It's something you need to do 
to, to get what you need from him. So we can't look to the east or to the west or to the side. We look up for, for guidance from the Lord. That's, that's all that we need. Praise God. Praise God. A, a by yourself experience. I'll say this in, in closing. And come back to the, the Samaritan to woman, right? This woman had an experience with God that, that changed her life. It was so good that she went and told others. She became an evangelist and told others because of the experience she had. She went and told others, and they had an experience as well. So some of our, well, all of our experiences aren't just for us because God is a, is a continual God. It's, it's not, it doesn't stop with us. So the experiences that we have and that we go through uh, are not just for us. They're, they're for other people as, as well. And I don't know uh, where you are, are today. You might be uh, in, in, a, in a place where, a, a by-yourself experience, where you might feel uh, all alone. You might feel like it's, it's just you. But I just want to encourage you today just to keep pushing, uh, to keep striving. You might be in a, in a before-you-go experience where you, you're just uh, excited. You're just ready. You're like, Lord, I know something is about to happen. I know that you have something for me. I can't wait. I can't wait. I got to have it. But, but God has you in a pasture where he's perfecting you. But he's perfecting you to so that you can get and obtain and keep what he has uh, for you. You might be in, a, in a, a, a broken but better experience where you're in the, the broken part or where you are uh, uh, in the broken but not hit the better yet. And so I just want to encourage you as, as well and just speak, speak to that situation. But more importantly, if someone is looking for that first experience with God, if you want to give your lives over to him, that was the best experience I ever had when I decided to give my life over to him and allow him to use me, to work in me, that I was going to stay connected to him no matter what came my way. That was the best experience that I had. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number 3.org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.